Hey, it's Jeff. A little heads up on this episode. First time I've ever done this, but a little parental discretion may be wise. Of course, there's no graphic content in this episode, but we are talking about a sensitive subject that can be very destructive and damaging. I'm talking with a dear friend who suffered as a drug addict for many years. We are talking about opiates, drug addiction in this episode. So just a quick heads up so you know what's coming. If this episode helps even one person or one family struggling with this, it was all worth it. I hope you enjoy and share with a friend or someone that you know that is struggling uh, with addiction in any form or fashion. I can promise you this, from having dealt with you know, hundreds of people who struggle and having struggled myself, no one sets out to be a drug addict. I can promise you because it's not, no one wants to do that. Yeah. And, and people want to get out and they want to, they want, they, but they don't know how. Mm-hmm. And, and being able to, you know, love that person, having compassion for those people, seeing that they're struggling, I think is, an, is something that we can all strive to do. You know, as you were saying, you know, having compassion for each other. This is Jeff Burningham, and welcome to the Extraordinary Us podcast, where I talk to friends about life, good things, hard things. Today, we're going to talk about some hard things, and I'm excited to talk to my good friend, Sean Cortesi, is here today. Jeff, thank you so much for having me, man. I'm glad for you to be here, Sean. Um, Let me tell you, or let me remind you a little, the purpose of the podcast. Number one. No matter our differences, and we're all different, Sean has good hair, I don't. I mean, there's just differences galore. (laughs) Um, You know, no matter our differences, and they go a lot deeper than that, whether it's, you know, religious or political differences, there is always a lot more alike. We always have a lot more alike in common than we do different. Like, we're fellow travelers. Would you say that's true, Sean? Absolutely. We're going to talk about your journey a little bit today. Um, Number one. Number two, because of that, because we are fellow travelers and all struggle in different ways and have more in common, let's exercise compassion. Less comparison, more compassion. And third, and this this definitely has a lot of uh, applicability to what we're going to talk about today. Let's you know, let's act in faith, not in fear. Too often we let mistakes of the past, which we're going to talk about. And fear of an unknown future cloud our judgment and help us to make bad decisions. Have you ever felt that before, oh, Sean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that that was, I mean, the basis of what kind of where we're going today is that and, and, and forgiving yourself for those past and, and not fearing the future. That, that, that's, that's everything. Yeah. That's everything. I love that. So let me tell you a little background about Sean. Sean and I have been good friends for, Sean, how long has it been? Has it been 20 years? Yeah. And I'll just say, I was Sean's bishop when he was a young man, a priest, I think it was, in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We both grew up uh, in that regard. And I was Sean's bishop, and we were friends. We had a lot of fun experiences together. Um, And we've stayed in contact even after we left some. But Sean's been struggling for the last decade. I'm just going to use round numbers here. And it struggled with some drug addiction. And I, I thought that this would be an important conversation to have both for those that are maybe struggling and or parents that have children that are struggling or they're worried about. Um, an- another reason, and then we'll jump into it, Sean, is, you know, as I, um, as I ran for governor, like I traveled all around the state. I didn't understand what a, you know, what a problem the opioid epidemic is and how bad opiates are and how addictive they are. Like I just didn't have, it hadn't been totally in my view until I ran for governor. And then I saw it up close and personal. So this is an important topic today. We're going to talk about addiction. We're going to talk about drug abuse and we're going to talk a little bit about Sean's story. So do you mind if we go back like you kind of grew up normal provo kid i mean obviously every family has its unique quirks sean has two has a great um brother that we'll talk about i'm sure and two great parents but would you say your upbringing i mean was fairly just kind of typical normal provo utah yeah oh yeah like it was it was typical we we grew up in the you know same ward you know from 
when we moved here, I was eight. So, I mean, okay. right as we moved here, I was baptized right at eight and then was in the same ward, same house, all the way through high school. Yeah, and it's still there, same yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, still same neighborhood. My parents are there. And Where did you move from? I guess I didn't know. Oh, that. yeah. So we we were originally in Salt Lake. Then we moved to Montana for a year where my dad had a job for one year. And then we moved to that house in Provo. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and I met Sean, when, I don't know, when you were in your teens, maybe young teens. And then I became your bishop when you were in your older teens. Obviously, a, a bishop, for those that don't have context, is kind of a, a pastor or leader of a congregation of, you know, hundreds of members of the church. And then they also have specific responsibility and uh, duties with, like, the young men and young women that are growing up in the flock. Do you remember some good times there? Oh, yeah. Man. We, I was just talking with one of our good friends, Josh, yeah. the other day, and he was he was re- reminding me about when we went to uh, San Hollow yeah. and just, yeah, going on the boats. I mean, going out there. We, we did tons of stuff. Played basketball. I mean, we must yeah. have played basketball. You and I have played ball so much over the years. I we mean, have. How's your game? Oh, it's, it's, it's shoddy. I just barely, <laughs> I just barely started getting back into it like yeah. the last couple of weeks. And oh man, I, I, oh, I, I got old. Quick. Like, <laughs> like it was like 30, 35 is a lot different than 25. And especially when you're taking that time off, man, I getting out of bed the first time after I played, man, I felt like I was 70. Yeah, and just wait till 45, dude. <laughs> 45 is a lot different than 35. But do, would you say that you're, your drug addiction, which is what we're yeah. going to talk about today, yes. people. Do you think that contri- has that contributed? Is that was that really hard on you? I assume that's oh. really hard physically on. Oh your body. yeah, oh yeah, and especially because I just, I mean, and I'm not one of these guys who counts down like, hey, I've been X amount of days sober, but I know it's been over a year. It was around Thanksgiving 2021, which was the last time I did drugs, and like I, I hadn't done anything physical in years, and you know that I was a big, I mean big into sports, big, every sport, football, basketball, like I would have never, I would have never imagined that this would happen to me because I was so athletic and into that stuff. But yeah, having like now trying to come back, oh man, like I think, and that's part of why like my body getting back into that physical stuff, it it hurts. Like, I mean, (laughs) it's, it's like seeing just being, you know, at this age anyway, you're not like you were in your twenties, but man, I think I'm my body is just, yeah, it doesn't hard. recover quick. Yep. One of the saddest days ever that I had a, a bish, as a bishop, and you usually serve for about five years, but a friend of Sean and mine who was, what was he, maybe young to mid-20s, yeah. um, passed away from a drug overdose. Yeah. And I, again, I was a very young, I probably was only five years older than him. I was like late 20s. Um and I would like officiated at his funeral yeah. and I'm, I'm not going to say his name for the family's sake, but I just remember the devastation in the family. And you remember this guy, he played basketball with us too oh, yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I was at the funeral. I, I was there and, and knew his family well. Yeah. yeah. My, yeah. My brother was really close with him too, like with his family and just. So it was heartbreaking. Oh, wasn't it was. It? it was devastating. So Sean, you have that example right in front of you. So t- what well, happened? And I so, think it kind of started with opiates, right? It was. Which is, it was so, so talk to okay. us about it. So this is, so this is exactly that. So my brother got, we were living together. We, we, I had just graduated college and he was in college and we were li- living together. Um, and he separated his shoulder playing basketball, we just popped out and separated it. And so he had to, they couldn't go in and, and fix it right away. So I took him, they took him to the ER, they gave him some pain meds, popped it back in, but he was going to have to do shoulder surgery. So he was laid up for we- weeks before, like, and then he got the surgery and was just laid up and he was getting, you know, pain medication for it. Yeah. And after, you know, he, he did the surgery and it healed and, and it was good. And, and I was, I, we'd never, I had never experienced, I mean, I never saw any, even with the friends I hung out with in high school, never saw drugs, drinking, any of that was never even into it anywhere near that. And so that time went on and the one night he was, he'd gone on a date. So I was home alone house needed to be cleaned. I, I don't know what I was thinking. Right. I, and I opened up the, the cabinet where we, and there were still some pills in there. And I was like, eh. so you knew what they were. Yeah. You knew what, you knew their kind of what they could potentially yeah. do or yeah. 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 And I was thinking, I was like, I had never done any 
drug at that yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Any anything. No, and so I would, but I was just like, I was like, ah, eh, like I'm by myself. I'm bored. We need to, like, I. What am I gonna do? Like, he's on a date. I'm by myself. Like, what? What do I? So I just was like, oh, let's, let's see what happens. So I, you know, I took one, and these were strong. This is Oxycon. Mm-hmm. And these are very, like, really strong painkillers. And I had never, like, right as I took, like, I took it, and there, it's like an immediate release pill. And right as I took it, it was like, boom, like all the, and, and I grew up, and when I grew up, I had some anxiety issues mm-hmm. and things like that. I mean, I, I, that I didn't understand until my later, my later adult life. Yeah. But when I took that, man, it was like, boom, I just, like, my mind calmed down. And then you get, and I was just like everything relaxed, and it was like, and then you get this euphoric feeling. Like I described this to you, like before, you know, when we were talking earlier about, like if you could bottle the greatest feeling that you've ever had in your life, you think about that. When you take that pill, that's what it feels like. It's like complete and utter euphoria. And so I felt that, and I was like, whoa, holy, I. So you were like addicted immediately oh, or instantly. like instantly. Instantly. I'm and that's not how you feel when you come off of it when oh, you try to quit. No, 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 no. no. Oh, no. Um, yeah, like, and I think that's how a lot of people actually start is there's extra unused pills, whether it's parents, unused pills or whatever, painkillers. Um, um, that's kind of how it starts, right? Yeah. I think. And so be careful with oh, those, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I heard stories like this when I travel around Utah and and talk to parents whose children had passed away or were struggling with uh, addiction to drugs. It often started with like some extra pills that were just laying around, right? Yeah, yeah. And then there was a you know not to get too into this, but I mean there was a with the it was Purdue Pharma who pushed these pills and and they were prescribing them at, at massive rates. I mean this was this was what made with the addiction hard because. There were only, there were a couple of pills left. Tony didn't have a ton of them, but I took it and it felt awesome. And then I took a, you know, the next, you know, it wasn't like I did it every day right after that, but like there were still in there and I took a few more as the weeks went on. And then it was like, whoa, this is awesome. And then I, some of the, my, my, you know, the people I was hanging out with, it wasn't, everybody had them. That was the insane thing is it was like all like. People could get them easily. People could get them easily. Everybody had a prescription at this time. This is probably like 2014, yeah. I would say, at least 2014. So eight years ago. Yeah, eight years ago. It's harder now, right? Oh, yeah. They've they've locked a lot of it down, and they've they've shut it down. And But it was it, – you, you, it's really, really hard to get them now. And yeah. that creates another problem because you get addicted to the pills, and then it's like – Then where do you go? Then where do you go? And this is where what happened to me. So, you know, I was – for the, you know, from about 2014 to 2016, 17, um, it, it was easy to get pills. And I was, at this time too, I was, I was in business school going to like, I'm studying to be in finance. So you're totally functioning by the way. I mean, are you or not? Yeah, Is well, this an illusion in your yeah, mind so to, or so to do me, people think, oh, Sean's just yeah. normal himself. So to me, <laughs> I think that it's like, you know, I'm taking these and it's like, I think I'm, I'm just killing it. Cause you're feeling great. You're just like walking around and you're just like, yeah, this life is awesome. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, it, 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 life feels awesome. And then like, but as it gets progressively worse, you have to start taking more. And then I didn't understand that you get very sick coming off these because your, your body becomes dependent on them. Mm-hmm. And so what I, I, but I didn't understand that yet. So yeah. I'm like, if I, if I didn't get, if I didn't have enough, I'd get sick. And I was like, man, I've got this flu, like, and you're violently Ooh. sick. Ooh. Like, I mean, it feels like. So you didn't understand that you were no, like, yeah, not, not yet. I was like, I, but I was just like, why can't I get better? But like, I take the pills and I feel good. And, mm-hmm. and luckily at the time, like, well, not luckily, but I was, I, I was making good money. And so I was able to, you know, find ways to get them and they're expensive, but it was like, you know, you're not really thinking about that. It's like, okay, I need these. They're helping me. But then is that lucky or unlucky that you had the cash to do that? I guess it depends. I guess it depends. I mean, you could, you could take it on either way because it was like, it held off from me getting desperate. Yeah. But at the same time, it was just burning through cash. And, and so anyway, like I thought I was functioning well, but then, uh, you know, uh, a mutual friend of ours who I worked for, he, he, and he was a mentor to me and a guy I, I idolized, like I, I idolized him yep. and he, he brought me aside and he's my boss and, and came in. He's like, dude, what, what's going on? And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, 
you're like, I'm getting these reports, you know, and we're filling out, you know, and these are people, people's finances, like, you know, financial documents, like stock market, all, all their, their life savings. And I'm, you know, running these reports. He's like, dude, you're, this is like basic stuff. You're missing on like this, this, this. And he like goes to me and I'm like, oh, I, I you know, I don't know. I'm bad at math. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, at first it's like, I, I, I don't know. I must You're have, making excuses yeah, at first. Making yeah, making excuses at first. And so, because I didn't want to let him down. Yeah. And then I was like, okay. Then I realized I, I got a real problem here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, because I can't, you know, I, I can't go off of the pills. And then I realized, so then I start doing some research and realize, oh, withdrawal. You know, and, and it's like, withdrawal when you come off because your body becomes dependent on these and that's the scariest thing about opiates you know like with other you know with other drugs you know like a marijuana say i mean you could do that and you're not gonna you're you're not gonna get violently sick even if you were a long time user you're not gonna get violently sick but with these oh man it feels like you're tied up to a car battery and you are sick for weeks wow like if you coming off of coming off yeah i mean sweats cold sweats it's awful yeah no i i appreciate your courage sean and and telling your story i think it's important that's why i'm having you on today you sought me out to be on this podcast i did why tell 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 me and tell tell our listeners why like why is this so important to you now why Obviously, you've, yeah. you know, you're, by the way, Sean is an aspiring actor. He was just in an independent film. There's more coming up. That will be an interesting journey. Yes. Maybe we'll talk about that, you know, later on. But, um, and, and you've been clean, like you said, for, you know, well over a year now. But why, why did you seek me out? And, you know, like, why? I, you know, you know what's crazy is so uh, around Christmas this last year, I, I got this feeling like you should share your story, like make this a positive. Because there was a, a point in time where I didn't think I was coming back. Like you didn't but, think you were going to live. No, I didn't. I I was I cashed it in. It was like I'm not going to make it. it in fact, you hard. thought like, and I'm not trying to put this no, is from our good. conversation. Yeah, you thought like the best alternative or the or the alternative for me is to die. Yeah, like I, to just right. Absolutely, you got yeah. to that point. I got to that point, and yeah, in a 2020 especially, you know, with the pandemic and everything was locked down. I wasn't working. I had lost my job. I lost that job in finance that I'd worked so hard to get to drugs. And and so I got this feeling, though, that was like, I should share my story. I, I got clean by miracles and, and many miracles and many special people that you and I know and that have stuck with me and so grateful to them. But yeah, so I, I got this feeling and I was like, I should share my story. And I was like, at first, I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I don't know. I don't want to out myself. I don't want to do that. I don't want to talk about it. No, but it just, it kept coming back, kept coming back. And so I was like, well, how, what would be the best way to do this, to get it to a, you know, also to not be preachy about it, but to make a positive spin and help. And I, you know, I had seen that my, my therapist who you, you and I both know, he's been on this podcast, Paul George, who is a saint of a man. He, uh, I, I saw that and he's helped me so much. And I was like, you know what? That, that's the best way to get it out there, to, to get out there and really, and also I trust you and we have a relationship. And so it's like, we can share this and help, help other people who don't, who maybe are struggling, who don't understand it, to put it out there and just give people a chance to see. And also from someone who dealt with it firsthand for eight years give someone a chance and and explain that it's not something to be ashamed of and to bring awareness to it. And yeah, I appreciate that. I think those are good reasons, right? Yeah. So that is the purpose of the podcast today is to bring awareness, to educate and to tell a little bit more about the story. So it started with opiates, but it got worse or I, you know, I don't know exactly how to talk about this or describe it. Um, I haven't had a lot of firsthand experience, but so there came a point where you couldn't get those anymore. Yeah. Is this correct? And 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 then it got worse. Oh, much worse. Like And is that a, is that often what happens with yeah. yeah. I mean that's that's I mean I've had, you know, and I've uh, when you start hanging out in those crowds and dealing with those people, you see what happens because the the pills, you know, their people were dying, lawsuits and all that stuff with the with the prescription pills. So that dries up and then it's like well, I'm, I'm still addicted and I got to find another way to do it. And I'm sick. And it's like, 
and you know you don't your mind changes you know they, they have an effect on your mind and and you can't feel joy you can't it, it messes with all the levels in your mind and so yeah so then it it was next was well well actually I'll say so first I wanted to quit so badly and I couldn't stop so I got this I got I went to a doctor who can give you a shot that blocks the opiate it from working in your mind so I was like you know so I was trying that and but it was just I didn't feel anything and I was still addicted so then it was like I can't so use that didn't it. work no no not for me does, but it does for some yeah people. it does I I've no I have some, a, a few friends that have worked for and they were able to do it but I was just like still dealing with other things in my my life and wanting to bury these feelings and so I started I found someone who I started using cocaine and that was that was an up like it because I used that for a little while until you know I stopped getting the shot it was like okay and then I went back and then yeah graduated to heroin use hmm. and it was so you're in some dark places. Oh, it was it was so bad. Um, do your loved ones know this is happening? Like, how oh, yeah. much do they know of what's going on when this is going on? Yeah. So they, I mean, my parents definitely knew, and and in the beginning, you know, I had told them, and, and oh, so you told them? Oh yeah, yeah. I told them early on. It was like I'm I'm I got a drug problem, and they were like, but they didn't know what to do with that. They're like, <laughs> you know, we grew up in yeah. the, you know we grew, yeah. and they were like Happy Valley, yeah, yeah. And, they, and they're looking at me like. You like, well, how did this happen? Like, yeah. how did this happen? And I, you know, I'm like, I, you know, step by step. And, and then you find yourself in just these desperate situations. And, and so it was, yeah, I, I never expected to go there. And then my, so my family was extremely concerned and very supportive in the beginning, you know, let, let's get you help. Let's do this. And they introduced you. Know, but then it was like, I, wasn't ready to quit. Yeah, you had to decide. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the big thing is it was like, you know, I'm doing all the things, but also in your mind, the back of your mind, you're like, well, I, you know, because this is a crutch for me, you know, it's like a safety net, and so you can go a little bit of time, and I I'd made you know strides and stuff, but it, yeah, there was still that little bit, and I was sneaking it, and 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 I mean, at a point they they started to take it personal. That was like. Sean just doesn't care about us or he's selfish or he's, and then those are true. It, it was absolutely true. I was, but I was, I was drug addicted and I, I loved my family and I didn't, you know, didn't want to disappoint them. Yeah. But the shame of that, it was like, I, I don't know how to stop. I can't stop. And so I felt sh ashamed and was embarrassed and it was like, Oh man. As you look back now, um, f well, first of all, real yeah. quick, do you still like you, do you feel like you still feel the effect in your mind or do you feel clean and clear now? Or do you feel like I did, I did some permanent damage. That's like not coming. How, how do you feel? Yeah. I'm just curious. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it, it's progressively gotten better and it's taken a long time. Okay. So it, the, the fog keeps lifting. Yeah. Kind of, the, yeah. yeah. Every day the, the fog lifts more and more, but definitely like, I mean, for the first six months or so, like I, I didn't feel like the, like I, like how you get, you feel joy and, and mm -hmm. happiness. And so it was like, I'd messed with the, you know, the, you know, I'm not a doctor or, the, or, yeah. or anything like that, but it's like, you know, the, the serotonin in your brain does it does because it's not, it, it's it being artificially yeah. created. And it was like to get that to fire again, took a long time and it's still not even, still not all the way back, but I mean, it, slowly slowly it, it's it's working its way back but I, yeah I, i've done some damage there's no doubt about it have you guys heard of under your bed i bet you have by now if you're listening to the extraordinary us podcast i bet you've searched for it maybe and haven't been able to find it it's true isn't that how life is sometimes <laughs> You just can't find Constantly what you're searching, searching for. Constantly searching. Well, now you can. Now we've been found. Under Our Bed is finally out. It's really there, people. So type it in right now. Search it up. You're going to love it. Look for it live. Subscribe and tell your friends. Can't wait to have you there with Jeff and Sal. Providing the comedy relief. <laughs> Good night, Sal. Good night, Jeff. So you look back now as a clean dude. Congrats, yeah. man. Thank you so Love much. You, man, I'm glad it's working out.
what happened, Sean? Like, you know, I mean, you told yeah. a little bit of the mechanics of like how it happened, which I think is important, by the way. It's a very innocent thing. There's some extra pills laying around, whatever, you're cleaning the house or stumble upon them, whatever happens. And then someone decides to use them. That's a slippery yeah. slope or can be one small decision that like takes you in a whole different place. So we spoke about the mechanics, but yeah. I'm saying like emotionally or, you know, like what if, as you look back now, what are your takeaways or learning uh, like, you know, emotionally or about yourself, about life, et cetera. Yeah. So I, I think that, I mean, my takeaways was, is, is, as I had touched on a little bit before I was, you know, highly, I was, ang- oh, you know, had high anxiety all through high school, all through, you know, growing up. And then, and then ha- having that, it was like, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like some of the decisions I'd made like growing up. I felt like I'd missed out on things because I was, because of my anxiety, because of things. And so I'd beat myself up the way I mm-hmm. talked to myself, the way it was like, I, I didn't have a good self-worth, a good self base for that, mm-hmm. which, and so when I found the drugs, it was like, oh man, now I can just, I numb out. I don't have to feel anything. I don't have to deal with those things. I don't have to, I don't have to have responsibility. I don't have to and in order to what what I was able luckily able to find was that you know I went back and through it started in therapy and we I started talking about those things that I didn't like about myself that I didn't want to deal with tough things from my childhood that you know of of not believing in myself and and found out that going back to those places which hurts like it it hurts to go back there nobody wants to do that and it's I mean and it's, you know, like as a, as a man, you'd rather like go outside and just dig a hole than go to therapy, <laughs> like anything, yeah, anything like, but therapy, like, no, knock no. your head against yeah, the pole. Like, or, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to go there. I don't want to get emotional. <laughs> no, I'm tough. I can handle yeah. it. But once I got in there and like dug that up, it was like, I was able to finally find a way to feel compassion to my younger self. And it was like, look, the kid was doing the best he could. And yeah, this didn't work out. And, and you didn't, you know, this didn't work out. And this relationship didn't work out. But like, I was finally able to realize that that was a huge reason why I was using drugs. So you're able to forgive yourself? You yeah, know? yeah, I was finally, yeah. And it took a long time. And I, I didn't like myself for a very, very, for really a long, most of my life, which is sad to admit, but, but it, it was the truth. And it, and be, finding that realization to forgive myself was the one of the probably the biggest reason I was able to stop was because I was like I remove I wasn't ashamed anymore. It was like that kid did the best he could. You've done the best you could. Like you know, life doesn't always go the way you want it. Yeah. So that was your gateway. Yeah. To like giving yeah. it up. Yeah. Get, like because that's hard, right? Like how did you decide to stop and and why? It's because you forgave yourself. Yeah. You didn't you weren't kind of self-loathing. Mm-hmm. You'd accepted who you were. You'd accepted your decisions and knew that you could go forward in a more positive manner. I'm, I'm kind of putting yeah. words in your mouth, oh. but like, give us like, how did you find the strength and courage to give it up? I mean, it, it was, it was a long process. You know, I, I mean, about, about six, seven years in, it was like, okay, I've really got it. I'm like, and because luckily, because I had a, a good support system and, and people who have stuck with me, but it was the, the I've found that, and this is with a lot of I've listened to a lot of people who've struggled with addiction, and, and a lot of people have said that the hardest thing isn't isn't stopping the drugs; it's the decision to stop. And once you make that decision, it's like, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm done feeling that this pain. I'm done working this. 80 hour a week job that all it does is take my money and, and, and give me nothing in return. Does it feel like a job? Oh yeah. A drug addiction. You, you, like you wake up in the morning and it's, this is, that's all you care about. It's like game on. It's like, how am I going to get my, how am I going to do it? Yeah. 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 Like, like I had a, you know, I was supposed to be to work at eight when I was working in in finance and it was like, I'd get up and it was like, that was not even on my mind. It was like, I got to find a way to get high, get the, get the, get the pills. And then I, and once I, or whatever it was I was using and get that. And once I did that, then it was like, okay, I'm strolling to work at 11. And it's just like, <laughs> what are you doing? But you're in this, like, and you could function. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, well, 
you yeah, thought you were functioning. I thought I was functioning. And, I, and in the beginning, yeah, I'm functioning well enough. But, I mean, as it progressively gets worse, I mean, and once you start doing those hard street drugs, you're not functioning. Like, yeah. and it's not... And it's definitely not fun like that. And it is because you have to you have to do it. It's a compulsive. You will. Addiction is compulsive. Doing something that is going to you know create a negative consequence, but doing it anyway. And that's what I that's what I was doing. So you went to therapy. Mm-hmm. You you felt all those things. You made the decision to quit, which is the most important thing. Yeah. Um, what other resources are? Let's say that someone's listening and struggling, or they have children or loved ones that are that they are struggling with drug addiction or fear. They are. Were there other res like therapy? You've mentioned a support system, which I think includes your family and some close friends, mm-hmm. of which you know I know who some of those people are. Um, but what are there other resources that people could look to or that that you found helpful in your either you know when you were deciding to give up or even now as you're trying to stay clean yeah absolutely i mean they i mean you could always do like um i mean for me, me personally this wasn't a, a big one but like you know a you know aa is one that that's that they do but did you try that i did for a little while but you didn't but i it didn't no cuz a lot of it is just at least in my experience, yeah. people romanticizing what they, you know, getting up and telling stories of when they used to get high and, yeah. and things like that. And so for me, that wasn't, that wasn't a big one, but like, I think, you know, resources as, as much as, is, I, I, I would say that the, the best is, is yeah, obviously having a support system and say, say like a, you know, a, you've, you've got a family member who, who might be struggling or who is struggling and, and the biggest thing to know is that it, it's not it's not at you. Like is, uh, I'm speaking, like from oh, personal experience with the with my parents. Meaning, it's not personal. Yeah. So, yeah. like, my parents thought for a it's while. It's not because of them. Yeah. For for my parents thought that you know Sean is 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 directly doing this in our face. Like he's he's because I had to you know move home and and was with them and still was struggling. And so for a while they thought it was like, he, he doesn't care. He's doing this despite of us. And it was like, that, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm doing. Like, you're not, you're just trying to survive day by day. But when, when, when people are able to realize that and give people and love that person, and I know that's hard, like loving an addict is, is brutal, but, and watching someone do that, but sticking with them and removing the shame from it. I think that was the biggest thing was taking away the shame and not hiding it, right? So, what do you mean by that? Like, because it's it is shameful, right? Oh, like yeah. some of your behavior, and we all behave in ways. But like, how did you do that? Sorry, I'm trying to get a no, little more good. nuts and bolts. Yeah, no, yeah. So, I, like, removing the shame was that I just realized, okay, I have a problem. This is a this is a problem. I'm an addict, and I have to, you know, and, and, and talk about that. You know, is and, and realize that it's also. You know, addiction is like a, a addiction is is like it's a disease. It, it is it's a mental disorder, and and when it started to get treated like that, and and it took me, you know, going through therapy and and, and dealing with addiction doctors and and those kind of things to realize. And when they talked about that and told me, look, you you have a disease, and when I started to look at it like that, it was like, oh wow, like I have an addictive personality. I have this is a this is a disease. And when I started looking at it like that. It was able to remove that shame because it's like, okay, when I was in it, because I never knew how it started. Like I was, this is not, this is not me. I, I, this wasn't, I didn't set out to do this. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be this person. And now, and then, but when it was like, okay, that was like the light switch moment. It was like, okay, I have a disease. And then then when it's, and it's treatable, it's treatable. And, and you go through and, and depending on, you know, this is opiate addiction, which was my drug of choice. And, and they were able to, once I realized that it was like, wow, this isn't, this isn't all my fault, right? This isn't all my fault. And it was able to perceptively move through that and be like, okay. And then I was able to go that route and forgive and yeah, that's cool. I'm curious. This is a personal question, but, um, was your, is your faith, was that like helpful in this? was that, has that played, a role in this, what role, good or bad, you know, I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely did. I mean, when I was, you know, at my worst, there were times where I was like, I didn't, you know, I'd always grown up believing in God and, and, and that, and, but at my worst, it was like, I, you know, I didn't even, I was so far gone. I didn't, 
But to see that I was able to, there were, you know, thing, situations that happened. I, I never, luckily, I, I never, like, I'll, I'll share this one. So it was like, I, I went to a, like a, a Suboxone clinic, which is something you can, you go and they, they help wean you off of, of these, these drugs. And they, and they were talking to me and they said, so how did you, like, how many times, you know, I had, you have to go through this rigorous process. And they talked to me, they're like, how many times have you been arrested? Like, and I said, I've never been arrested. And they were like, <laughs> well, how long have you been doing drugs? I said, six years. And they're like, you don't have to lie here. Like, you know, this is, yeah. Like, just, we're trying not, yeah, to, we're lie trying here, not yeah. to lie here. Yeah. Let's, let's be honest, pal. And I was like, no, I, I've never been arrested. I've never, and they're like, and they were like, that, that's a miracle. Like yeah. I, I've never seen that. And, and I, as I look back on my journey through this addiction, it was like, I saw little places where I could have gotten, you know, arrested, busted, caught. And I just chose to look at it like, wow, that didn't happen to me. And I felt that, okay, once I, and when I started to sober up and do that, I started to look at my life like that. And I was like, wow, there was something there's so some like yeah it was i felt this is just my feeling that that god watched out for me for whatever reason and it will and i'll talk to you about this too like a lot of times with the with um a decision i did make in in my addiction was a lot of people will try to in that in that world and it's unfortunate um that you know they'll try to use you to fund their habit or you know, because you get insanely desperate in those situations. And I have so much compassion for those people who struggle and that, but I made that decision that I was like, I am never, A, I'm never going to involve someone else in this, like, you know, bring someone else in to do that or, you know, sell drugs to someone else. Like I, I never did that. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it, that was like a, a conscious decision for blessings or anything yeah, yeah. like that. You just didn't want to hurt yeah, other people. I didn't, yeah. I, this was my own thing. It was my own like a way to cope. And I was like, I'm, I knew how bad it was. I mean, I was miserable. There's, it was, it was exciting and fun for about nine months. And then after that, it was, it was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And so, and so I was like, I knew how bad I was struggling. And I was like, I don't want to involve anyone else in this. And I feel like by making those by not doing that, I feel like that it was because I had compassion for other people and saw and empathy, even in, in my worst times that there was, I, I felt that I was that, and because of my compassion for those people and, and love, a love of uh, other people that it wasn't that, yeah, I, I was watched out for and, and, and that, yeah, yeah, yeah watched out for. Yeah. Well, I couldn't help but when we kind of reconnected and you, I, I knew you, that you've been struggling and we've, you know, chatted here and there throughout yeah. the years. I didn't know how to help you. And, you know, I had moved away. We're not as close to each other as we were. But, um, you know, hearing your story, like, I, I know what a good person you are, you know, like, I know your heart. I know that. And I think that says a lot about you. So my, my point in saying that is like, you know, if Sean can get trapped in this, a lot of people can, or everyone can, you know, like, um, this, like you said, this wasn't someone looking for it per se, or you just don't have that temperament. You know what I mean? And so, um, what advice, like, how do we remove the stigma? Because I think there are a lot of good people that get trapped in various addictions, whether it's drug addiction or otherwise that, you know, get, kind of lopped into the same thing. And then I think hiding it or shame becomes a big part of it and it perpetuates the addictive cycle. So how do we remove the stigma? How do we best help those that are closest to us that are maybe struggling with addiction? Yeah. So I would, so removing the stigma of it is, is definitely, I mean, not, not hiding from it, not keeping it a secret, you know, say you have, I mean, I'm speaking from my own experience, which is all I, but when, when I first came and told my parents, Hey, I got a drug problem. They were, Whoa, 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 whoa. like, you know, you, you have one and no one can know, like Mm. we, we've, we've got to keep this, you know, we've got to keep this, which is probably a general natural reaction, but not maybe a good one. Yeah. And and I, and I, you know, there's no, there's no game plan on how to, you know, there's no book on how to do it, but they were, they were super 
nerve, like couldn't believe it and were super nervous. Then was like, okay, let's not talk about it. Let's not, you know, and I, and looking back now, if, if someone were to, you know, if the, to do it over and I've talked with my parents about this, they would have rather than bury it, you know, take it head on and be like, okay, we got to, what, what can we do to do this? And also there's no embarrassment in it, you know, for, you know, people, there, there's addictions in all sorts of things. You know, this, we're talking drug addiction, but anything you do compulsively or too much, you know, and we, you see it in society and this is, you know, not a judgment, but I mean, some people overeat, some people, you know, shop continually or, or whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah. your, whatever, it whatever, is. It whatever is. your addiction of choice yeah, is, yeah. whatever it is. And so, but for whatever reason, and uh, it's obvious because it's illegal, it's harmful, it's, you know, it's destructive ruins lives but drug addiction is viewed you know where we just talk about like you know you know someone who overeats or or shopping or whatever if drug addiction is viewed as this you know shady when it is a shady world yeah. and, a, and a tough but but because like you were saying when you ran for governor you saw the rampant use and, and what has happened to people and now we're having to wake up to the fact that this is a serious problem. I mean, it's an, it's an epidemic yeah. and, and millions of people are affected by it. And, and just be, because you, you struggle with it, that, that doesn't mean that, that you're, you're like, you know, a leper now. Cause in the beginning, that's how I felt. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. I felt it was like, you know, I was radioactive, like people, and then people would find out and they can tell. And they're like, you know, I don't want to be around this guy. This, yeah. you know, it's like, did you feel like that? A little some, bit. Yeah, yeah. Some, some, yeah. Definitely. I'm sure from some people you didn't though. Yeah. From some people I didn't, but there was, I mean, it was obvious I had problems and it was like, you know, and, and I did feel that. And I think that, that, you know, that kind of behavior towards, towards people who are struggling, make them want to not come out and, and search for help or ask for help. I mean, maybe that, yeah. you know, asking for help is, is another huge thing is like, it's a big step, yeah. big step and saying like, you know, the first solution to, to a problem was realizing I have one and asking for help. It, sh it should not be, don't be afraid to do that. Yeah. This is reminding me so poignantly. I, I don't, count exactly, but I think I've done over 50 podcasts now on The Extraordinary Us, and I think it was like my third, fourth, or fifth, maybe episode three, if you want to look it up, guest, Joseph Grenny, who's a great guy. He runs The Other Side Academy in oh, downtown yeah. Salt Lake, if you've heard of that. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, um, he talked about how he had children that struggled with drug abuse and he, t and he said, we over, we go to church, we overdress, we go to church and we try to appear perfect to our peers. We try to act like, Oh, nothing's wrong. Everything's perfect in my world. Instead of this is what he said. And this is, this is what I'm hearing. And there's usually a line or two from every episode that sticks with me. And this sticks with me from Joseph is instead of saying like, you know, my son's a drug addict. Your daughter's a drug addict. Like, how do we actually help each other? Like, drop the charade. Like, forget the overdressing. Forget the, you know, the over-idealization of this idea of perfection, whatever that is. We all have problems, and how do we help each other with problems? So, you know, presumably we're going to church because we recognize the dysfunction in all of us, and we're trying to be healed or to heal each other, to help each other overcome the challenges of this world. But we just, we miss the mark sometimes, right? And our, it was such a poignant moment. Uh, and I love Joseph and the work that he's doing up at Tosa. But anyways, it reminds me of that. Does that resonate with oh, you? Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And just, and saying, you know, and, and that's why I was talking about, you know, just to semi-circle back with the, with the removing the stigma, you know, to say like, and, and it's fine, but to say, my daughter's a drug addict, you know, treat, you know, and that was a huge thing with me. And then the real, you know, realizing that this is, this, this is a, you know, it, it's a, it's, it's like, it's like cancer, you know, in, in, in a way that it's like, you, this is a treatable and it's a disease. And so, yes, while, you, you know, removing, you know, saying, oh, this person's a drug addict. And so now we've got to not, be you know I don't want to be around them I don't know how to help I don't know how to fix it like they're, they're like having the compassion of like this person is struggling and they don't no one I can promise you this from having dealt with 
you know, hundreds of people who struggle and having struggled myself, no one sets out to be a drug addict. I can promise you because it's not, no one wants to do that. Yeah. And, and people want to get out and they want to, they want, they, but they don't know how. Mm-hmm. And, and being able to, you know, love that person, having compassion for those people, seeing that they're struggling, I think is, any is something that, that we can all strive to do, you know, as you were saying, you know, having compassion for each other. Yeah. How worried are you about relapsing? Like, what is the healthy balance between, I assume that there's a healthy balance between like kind of being paranoid about not going back to that life versus, you know, like not stressing yourself out back into that life or over, you know, like, how, how do you feel about that? Tell me. Oh, I mean, it's, it's definitely like, I think, you know, it's a cliche, but I mean, you're, you're sober one, one day at a time. Yeah. And I do. And and in the beginning, it was so hard, you know, to, to be like, okay, I've got to, you know, it was on my mind still constantly. Like I, oh my gosh, like what I wouldn't give, like, you know, just like, (laughs) oh, I just like, you know, I like, how nice would it be to just check out for the day? But and it slowly, you know, it, it, now it doesn't, it's not on my mind all the time. I'm not thinking about it all the time, but you know, I, I, I mean, the truth is, is you have to, I have to make that decision that it's like, I know, um, the thing is, is that I know how good it would feel to get high again, but I don't want what's on the other side of that. Yeah. I don't, because I know where that goes. And I've tried every single way possible to be a functioning drug addict. I wanted to be, it was like, I tried everything to do it. It was like, no, I, oh, I can do this. I can do what well, I can do it like this. I can keep my job or I can, you know, do this. And I, I realized after trying hundreds of different ways, it's like, it leads one way. Yeah. And I had to make that and I realized that and be like, there is no, there's no way you can be a functioning human being and be addicted to the, to drugs. It just, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Do you think that we're kind of trading addictions as human beings again on this earth? Like this is something we spoke about a minute ago that I just took a quick note on. It's just like you said, we, I'm going to make something up. I don't think it's true, but like I could be addicted to ice cream, right? I do like ice cream, but I don't think I'm addicted, but um, you know, like whatever it is, like, are you kind of always, I I don't know. What did you learn about that? I don't know, not, not ever having like a prescribed or whatever addiction, yeah. you know, to something that was super harmful. But I mean, obviously I could probably eat a little less. If, yeah. <laughs> I could maybe grow a little more hair. I, I don't know. There, there are things I could do better and more of, but, and I think that's true for all of us, but do you ever feel like that? Yeah. Cause, cause actually I think of you becoming an actor now, yeah. which I thought was really interesting and cool. You reached out and told me about that whenever, yeah. like a year ago, several months ago and said, Hey, I'm doing this. And I was like, wow, that's cool. Um, but that's kind of a rush. That's kind of a right in and of yes. itself. You kind of lose yourself. You go into a part, you're playing someone else. You're kind of free from the, the, uh, bondage of life or the, whatever the, yeah. anyways, uh, what have you thought um, about that? Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think in that, in that way, the biggest thing too, is to find something that, you know, replaces that, that, um, unhealthy, addiction. unhealthy addiction, you know, because I would, you know, you asked me, you asked me in, in private a little bit ago, you were like, do you want to get married? And I was like, yeah, well, yes now, but, but before it was like, I don't need to get married. I, you know, go out and get my drugs and go home. And this, I, that's what I was married to. Yeah. And it was like, so to find, that's a huge thing. And it took me a long time because, you know, in order to stay sober, it was like, I needed to find something that, that replaced that hole in my soul that I was trying to fill that is unfillable, especially with that, you know, it's just you repeating the same behavior is. So when I found, yeah, being an actor, I think, at least for me, was, it was like, it is, it's another escape, you know, in a way to be able to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's not that I need to escape being me anymore. Yeah. But there is, for me, it is a different kind of rush. Like I'm somebody else. I'm, I'm, I get to create these characters and be anything I want really. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, maybe the idea, and again, we're not therapists, we're not doctors. I've never claimed to be any of those things. And, but like maybe the idea is to try to trade 
obviously a very unhealthy addiction, like with drugs, with something that's more yeah. healthy, oh, you know, yeah. like being on stage and making people laugh or whatever. Maybe, you know, that's good in a lot of ways. Maybe there are some parts of that that aren't good, but it's a lot better than getting high every oh, day, yeah. right? And like, um, so I don't know, maybe there's maybe there's some wisdom in, in that and some trade-offs that we just have to accept here. Yeah, and I know, I know other people who, like I have a friend who, yeah, you know, it's crazy. Like, so, I mean, I had thought about this, um, you know, someone like you, you're super successful and, and have a hard and a drive to be successful and achieve those things as a, as a drug addict, that's, it's like the reverse. It's like, that's what you strive for. And it's like, as hard as you've gone, like that's as hard as I was going at drugs. <laughs> and so it's like, but I've had, I have another friend who he, he swapped it out and was like, he found this other thing and he channeled that same energy that goes yeah. into drug addiction and he channeled it into building his own business mm -hmm. and he he's 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 done it and he's built it up and it's it's amazing to see yeah, and cool. inspiring and it was like he was and he told me he was like i just decided that i'm going to as hard as i went at drugs it was like if i channeled that energy <laughs> into something else like if i can do what i i can do anything yeah i like that i mean maybe that's a great way to look at it yeah. like it's we've got to put our energy towards something we are energy we're made up of energy you know as we're alive we got to channel that energy somewhere and hopefully we're channeling it to the most positive end possible and to the most positive things possible. Right. Yes. But if we don't, by the way, if we don't do that, that energy is still there and it may take us in the wrong direction or we may channel it towards something that's destructive or harmful. Yeah. yeah I like that idea. It's a good, interesting thought. Yeah. It was, and I think that that, and I, and that's, and, and finding, you know, whatever it is, you know, if, if you've struggled with that and in any kind of, unhealthy, you know, if you're able to like, luckily for me, like I did, I found acting, I love it. And, I, and I've been lucky enough to find, you know, some having moderate to early success in it as I've just started the last year, but finding that and finding something that you are super, you know, we're exactly what we just said, you can channel that energy and be like, okay, I'm going to go hard at this and find that that was huge in my recovery as well. Yeah, that's cool. Let me, if I could, Sean, do, I'm going to do something a little different. Okay. I kind of want to, um, sum up if you can believe it or not, it's already been 50 minutes. Um, I kind of want to sum up our journey a little bit. I, I want to tell you how I feel about you a little bit and then take us home. Like okay. I'll just leave it to you. I, I think we've spoken about kind of some advice to parents, how you forgive yourself, but, but if there's something you feel like we didn't cover, if there's something that sparked from what I said, Sean, I've always loved you, man. We had fun together when you were a teenager. We did. And, and you didn't, you weren't a perfect teenager. There are none. I've got two <laughs> of them in my home right now and they're terrible half the time. Just kidding. <laughs> Only like 10% of the yeah. time are they terrible. 90% of the time they're awesome. But, um, and we had our ups and downs and you, I knew you, your struggles, um, and you're with anxiety. We all have different struggles. Um, you would have never, ch like, I was surprised this, the, the path that you've been on, you're surprised oh, yeah. as well. I would have never, you probably looking back would never say, I want to go through those seven or eight years of addiction again. However, it's, you've come out the other side and you know, you're still young, life's not over, but I, I just want to say like how proud I am of you, how I've always believed in you. Gosh, we all have struggles. And they may not be as bad or as deep as this or, you know, as painful or as damaging, but we all struggle. And I'm proud of you, man, for like recognizing the dark hole you were in, somehow grabbing yourself by the bootstraps and probably there were others pulling along. Oh, yeah. And getting yourself back on your feet, being clean, telling me about it, wanting wanting to uh, share your story courageously, publicly on this podcast. And, and again, the whole point of this, hopefully this is helpful for someone else. And so anyways, I just want to say how much I admire your story. It, again, it's maybe a winding path that we wouldn't choose, but all lives are winding paths in different ways. And I love you, man. I'm glad that you sought me out. I'm glad that you pushed me a little bit. And um, I was really, I'm glad to hear more of your story. Take us home here. Finish us up uh, on this episode where we've kind of spanned the gamut on addiction and this these challenges. Yeah, well, I want to just thank you for having me on and, and having, and I, I love your platform of being, you know, the extraordinary us. And, and, 
And that's the real thing, you know, no matter what it is, I think that in a world that is increasingly tough for everyone and everybody has their struggles, as you just mentioned, but let's, let's, whatever it is, the biggest thing is have empathy for people, you know, love people. If we, if we, we, we love each other and notice that everyone is struggling and sometimes take the, 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 the chance to think of how the other, you know, if you were in their shoes or, or, and just be a little, if I can say anything, it's just be kind to people, Yeah, you know, because we're dealing with people, everybody's struggling in one way or another. And I think if I, that, that would be the ultimate message that I could send is just be as kind as you can be to other people, because you never know what someone is dealing with. And if you're just kind, just make the world a better place, not to, not to go, um, you know, you know, full soft here, but at the same time, you know, Mr. Rogers, but at the same time, the world could use a little of that, a lot of that. And that's one thing that I've, that I've found that has been most, if there's anything I'm proudest of in my life, it's that I continue to be kind and empathetic to people. And I would say to anyone who's listening, do that and you will see your life will improve. The more you give, the more you get back, I have found. And it seems like it seems like a paradox, but it's like the more you give, the more you get back. And giving that to people, there's no better feeling. I love that, Mr. Cortesi. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Thank you, man. I <laughs> yeah, love I know you. you just wanted to call me Bishop. <laughs> yeah, I, almo- I, almo- <laughs> I almost, almost, did. almost did. I almost did. I still hard to say Jeff. <laughs> like still weird. But but look for Sean, and if you're looking at this, he looks like Matt Damon. I mean, I'm looking. Look at this. You look like Matt Damon, bro. I, you, you hear that. I, I, I've gotten that a lot. So, yes. you know, Matt's getting older. Look for Sean to replace Matt in the next decade. Yes. Can't wait to watch that, man. Hey, thank you so much, Jeff. I Thanks, really Sean. appreciate it. See ya. Hey, guys. It's uh, Jeff. I hope you enjoyed that episode with my friend Sean Cortesi. Like I said, we go way back it made me a little nervous, honestly, when Sean reached out and I had to think about this for a couple of months or whatever, mainly just for two reasons. Number one, I didn't want to glamorize at all, you know, the addiction to drugs. Obviously, I guess there's a glamorous side, quote unquote, of like anything or everything um, or most things. Uh, but, you know, there's also a bad side and the cost benefit analysis does not work in your favor, obviously, with any sort of a harmful addiction or addiction to drugs. So I didn't want to glamorize that. Um, the second thing, I didn't want this to be painful to anyone that, uh, you know, friends of mine and people that I love and care about. I hope that it wasn't. I hope that it was uplifting. Um, I hope that, uh, it sheds some light. I was a little worried about, about what, you know, people may think just about the subject matter or content, but who cares? You know, I'm not doing this podcast to please everyone or because I care about what everyone thinks. I'm doing it to hopefully help someone. And if this episode about drug addiction helps even one person or one family, and I'm confident it will help more than that, then it's all worth it. The time that we put into it, producing it and, and sharing it and, and, you know, doing it is all worth it. If it helps one family again, it was eye opening as a gubernatorial candidate in the state of Utah, which, you know, is a very clean cut, you know, state. And it's certainly thought of that way outside of the state and, and inside as well. Man, there is a lot of opiate addiction across the state and and especially or often in rural areas, there's a lot of this. I was surprised by the epidemic and how it's devastated communities and families. And so, you know, if you're detached from this or you feel like you're detached, you may not be as detached as you think you are. It may be a little closer to home than you think. Let's be wise as we're, you know, taking care of our injuries and and doing our things with any painkillers we have. Obviously, there's been a ton of education and progress on that. I love the emotional thing that Sean spoke about, about not burying it. Um, I think this is harmful in any intimate relationship when we bury painful things that that we're keeping as secret or harboring ill feelings. It's just not good. 
Um, don't bury it. We need to be honest with each other. You're not perfect. I know that every one of my listeners is not perfect, even though I love you. And you should know and you do know that I'm not perfect as well, nor is anyone in my family. We are fellow travelers. Let's uplift each other no matter the roads that we travel, no matter our circumstances. Let's put our arm around a brother, raise him up, help him up, even when they are struggling with ugly damaging addiction. Again, Sean, I appreciate your friendship, of course, and your courage in coming on to share your story. I hope this helps someone out there. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Us Podcast with Jeff Burningham. Please help us grow by leaving a rating and review and subscribing at your favorite podcast platform. Also, tell your friends and share on social media. See you again next week. Sally. Jeff. I heard you jumped out of a plane. Is that true? That's true. You can hear all about it on Under Our Bed. Sally skydiving in Dubai. It's hard to believe, but it's true. It is true. We have a podcast called Under Our Bed. We hope you'll check it out. Subscribe in 2022. We talk about important and funny things. Yes, like skydiving. Like when someone you love dies. Yeah. Lots of... Sad. Lots of we cover we the cover gamut. life. Yeah, if you're interested about life, if you want to hear a couple talk about life, come join us, Jeff and Sal, under our bed. You will love it, I guarantee. <laughs> love you, Sal. Love you too. Good night. Good night. <laughs>